I hope this is okay, but I changed the order on the 3Ds, Monica said. Of course, I replied. What felt best for you when you went to use it? Monica and I were talking about the 3D process that we use to respond to binge urges, or compulsive urges to eat when we're not hungry. The standard 3D process has step one as delay, setting a timer, step two as distract, go do something to get your mind off the urge, and three, decide. When the timer goes off, you decide if you want to take the first two steps again if you still feel urgy. Monica said it felt like a good fit for her to put the decide step right up front. I just decide, nope, not giving in. End of story, she said. And then I can choose what I want to use to delay and distract myself with until the urge is gone. I love this so much. All the tools that we share with our clients and with you on our podcast are open for your personalization. It's not only okay to try things in slightly different ways, we encourage it. When I heard Monica was finding her own way to improve the 3D process, I knew it meant Monica was really invested in beating this. She wasn't going to give a half-hearted effort. She was giving her all to problem-solving the challenges that had kept her in a cycle of binge-eating and regret for years. In today's episode, we'll talk about another way you might need to personalize the process of writing out your urges. If you've tried generating lists of alternative behaviors before and trying to do them instead of binge-eating or emotional eating, but it hasn't really worked, stay tuned to this whole episode, because I think we can iron out what might have gone wrong for you. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating podcast, where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary Claire Brescia. We had lots of problem solving this week in our Breaking Up with Binge Eating coaching group. Everyone in our June group just got the 3D lesson and was tasked with coming up with their own list of distracting activities they can do to ride out an urge to binge. The idea is, when you feel an urge tugging at you to head to the pantry and start eating, you set a timer for 20 minutes and distract yourself from thinking about food. One person's list read, go for a walk, listen to a podcast, do a loving-kindness meditation, go for a bike ride, phone someone to chat, watch a TED talk, color, journal, work on a puzzle. And these are all great suggestions. Many people's lists look pretty similar. But one client, Joni, realized she had a problem with the 3D process. And frankly, she didn't feel like this was going to even work for her. I've made these lists before, she said. It doesn't work. I sit there riding my stationary bike, just planning out the binge for when I get done. If I start doing the dishes, I'm just watching the clock for the 20 minutes to be over so I can get my keys and go buy the binge foods. What Joni is experiencing is common, and it's one of the things that can go wrong when people try to come up with alternatives to eating. You see, the important part of dismissing an urge is not actually what you're doing with your limbs but what you're doing with your mind. In Joni's example, her body may have been riding her stationary bike or washing the dinner plates, but her mind was still fixed on binge eating. She was using the 20 minutes of distraction to not actually distract herself, 
but fantasize about the binge, plan it, and even amp up the anticipation of it. You see, urges and cravings are mental processes. If you make your hands busy by, say, picking up a set of knitting needles, but you continue to fantasize about a food you're craving or the binge you are planning, the craving or urge gets stronger. Cravings and urges are composed of three stages. This is known as elaborated intrusion theory, and it comes from addiction research, but it perfectly describes cravings for compulsive behaviors like binge eating. I promise I'm not just throwing around cool-sounding terms for kicks. It really can help you outwit your urges if you understand them better. Okay, so the first stage of a craving or urge is the trigger, and this is most commonly a negative mood, but it can also be a particular place time of day, or seeing or hearing someone mention a food. This leads to the second part, which are intrusive thoughts. Intrusive thoughts are typically the first thing you are conscious of. You might not notice the trigger happening, but you notice the intrusive thought. It might be a brief thought of, I'm alone, I could binge right now. Or it might be a split-second image in your mind of standing next to the fridge, spooning cold cereal and milk into your mouth as fast as you can. Often, the intrusive thought is very brief. It's a flicker of an idea. You know how if you stand at the top of a tall mountain or skyscraper, you might get seemingly weird thoughts like, what would it be like to jump? What would it be like if I could fly off this? These thoughts don't mean you're actively suicidal or having delusions that you could fly. They're just passing bits of creativity that your mind churns out. And typically, they're gone in a flash, and your mind skitters off to the next thing, like getting a good photo or how long the hike will be back down. You don't actually take the jump just because the idea crossed your mind. And you don't need to be afraid that you'll jump off a cliff or a skyscraper just because you had one of those passing things of what would that be like? The craving or urge right then is like a baby sprout. It's weak and small. It can even look innocent, like it's not really a binge thought, it's just a bit of cake or a little ice cream. If you put your mind to something else at this point, you will come out on top. But the further you go into the elaboration stage, the more you are strengthening the urge or craving. Elaboration involves planning where you can access the food. Hmm, I know there's a box of Girl Scout cookies in the pantry and a half gallon of ice cream. I could go buy a whole dozen donuts or get a large pizza ordered. Elaboration can include vividly imagining what the food tastes like, or what it feels like going down your throat. Now you're watering and feeding that innocent little sprout. You might see yourself going through the routine you usually do when you binge. Where you stand, the repetitive motions of hand to mouth, what you do with the wrappers and containers, even imagining the weight gain and self-recrimination you know you will feel after, they can all be part of this phase. And you keep watering and feeding the plant the more energy and time you spend elaborating. That weak little seedling that was a passing thought grows and grows in the elaboration phase until it's like the man-eating plant from the 1986 film Little Shop of Horrors. It becomes bloodthirsty, 
bigger than you and willing to do anything to get its way. The binge craving will talk you into doing anything to get what it wants. If you haven't seen the movie, the plant tries to convince the protagonist to murder people to feed it, and it eats a few innocent people too. You don't want your urges and cravings to become that big, so you cannot feed them, water them, or encourage them to grow. You want to bail on the elaboration phase, and you can bail on it at any point. Stop feeding and watering the plant, and it will get weaker and die off. My clients have described their feelings of urges getting stronger. A passing idea at lunchtime might feel, by dinner time like there's a two-ton magnet pulling them toward the ice cream in the freezer. That's an urge being strengthened by elaboration. The more time they spent thinking about the ice cream, where it was, what flavor it was, why they should or shouldn't eat any, they were feeding the urge. So now, as you can see, we can make our bodies do something like ride a stationary bike or wash dishes, but continue to empower the urge by elaborating on it in our minds. So like Joni experienced, it seems like alternative behaviors don't work. If you're experiencing what Joni did, I encourage you to think instead of putting your mind to a task or alternative topic. Choose something that will take all of your attention, not something you can do without thinking, like pedaling a bike or washing plates. Think of immersing yourself in a story. If there's a novel you're listening to and you are swept right up in the plot, that can be really effective in shutting down elaboration. Trying to play a piece of challenging music if you happen to be a musician. Try learning a piece of choreography on YouTube. Or try picking up a foreign language lesson on Duolingo. Give your prefrontal cortex something else to do. Plan a vacation. Plan your outfits for the next four days. Or plan the next books you want to buy with your Audible credits. It costs nothing to assemble a giant wish list. I would know. If you have ever practiced meditation or guided imagery, you'll be familiar with the idea of deliberately being able to place your attention on something and keep it there. Most people's first meditation experience is like realizing that their brain is a basket of puppies that are squirming off in every direction and will not stay still. But with a little practice, you start being able to do something like stay focused on your breath for a few minutes instead of getting distracted every five seconds. This is one place meditation and mindfulness practice can help you break up with binge eating, so I highly recommend it. I also think this is why Monica's trick worked so well. I mentioned Monica at the very beginning, the client who reordered the 3D process. She decided right up front to decide the binge wasn't happening, so she took her mind and attention elsewhere. She has small kids, a busy job, and she was damn determined to not let urges pull her away from her life anymore. I think we all can benefit from that sort of stubborn, even angry, determination when it comes to refusing to give urges our attention. No wiggle room, no attention, just noticing the sprout of a plant and stepping on it as you walk toward the other things in your life. I'm Georgie Fair, and I'll see you next week.